Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Real clever. Jason talks to media. Chris Carr is the Star Tribune's assistant managing editor for sports. Sounds very impressive, Chris. It is super impressive. Uh, <laughs> some people just say sports editor. Sports editor. Which is uh, less of a mouthful. Um, well, it's but good to have you here. It's uh, it's good to be here. I've never been in here before. Um, I was hoping to get headphones, but I don't get headphones today. That's cool. Do you want headphones? That's, that's, hey, that's all right. Maybe I mean, next not, time. Maybe next time I can get some headphones. In the budget. I mean, we have headphones. We do have headphones. Dan Cook, who you both went to the same very esteemed university. Yes, yes. Go Blue Golds. Yes. Wisconsin Eau Claire. Correct. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what went wrong for both of you <laughs> that you ended up in Eau Claire? Uh, nothing ever goes wrong in Eau Claire. Uh, <laughs> super well-behaved students uh-huh. all up and down uh, Water Street Water and Street, other streets. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Dan and I just hit the library a ton. And sure. uh, studied up. I suspect Dan did. Now, why, now why are you making that accusation? You're well, saying that I wasn't out socializing and being fro- – I can't even get Dan to finish the statement. <laughs> I can't get Dan to go have a drink with me uh, or go have dinner. So I yeah, – That's not true. We've had dinner like at least twice <laughs> in the year and a half we worked here. That's how it is. That's oh, how it Chris, and I, Chris oh. and I never have dinner together. But look, look at look at the uh, the journalism graduates that come out of that school. Here you yes, are. Yes, yeah, it's uh, it was great. I loved it. I loved my time in Eau Claire. Um, you grew up here in the Twin Cities. I did I did? Um, grew up in Richfield, and uh, my mom and I moved to Eden Prairie just before I went to high school. I went to high school in Eden Prairie, just as Eden Prairie was kind of becoming Eden Prairie. Oh, you know, interesting. It was like we had just gotten like a new lunch area, new yeah. commons, and uh, and now it's. Uh, some of my coworkers joke that it's Eden Prairie University. It's quite, uh, yeah, amazing. Um, what was this? Was sports uh, on the rise when you were there? It was. Yeah. Uh, we were awful at football my freshman and sophomore year, and then uh, rumor was a new coach was showing up uh, before my junior year, and then the next rumor was it's Bud Grant's kid. And we all went, that's that's ridiculous. That's not true. No way. Right. And uh, and it was. And suddenly we won football games. Uh, and then I uh, then I graduated high school, and then they really started winning football games, which yeah. is, you know, it's a little hard on the ego to watch uh, all the <laughs> freshmen that were there uh, win state championships. But that was a long time ago. 30 years ago, actually. I was sitting in – I was watching a high school football game this fall, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's been 30 years since I uh-huh. played high school football. So – Chris Carr is a sports editor for the Star Tribune. When you, you know, when you put yourself in those situations and especially covering high school sports, do you, do you try to put yourself in the situation of being a kid? You know, it's easy because often in these state final games, you'll have, these games can often be decided more by a mistake than by uh, something proactively that was good. And you hate to destroy a kid. Absolutely. It's just, it's, I wonder if you try to bring a, a, a different touch to the storytelling than you would perhaps if it were a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, no, you're right on it. Um, 
would, I, and this isn't just a Star Tribune thing. This is a this is kind of a uh, a good practice that that you see all over the place. But yeah, you're extra careful with covering high school sports in that regard because uh, a goalie misses a you know misses a penalty kick, uh, a f- missed free throw. In, in, you know, yeah. a, re- a reporter that knows what they're doing is not going to lay into lay into a teenager in that moment. So there is a different there is a different um, approach to covering high school sports, prep sports, uh, yeah. than there is to, you know, covering Monday night football games, things like that. I, I think about it often with college because I, I'm not sure what bucket we're supposed to put college Correct. athletes into it. Yeah, when you figure that out, you know, you let me know. <laughs> right? that, that there is nothing changing faster uh, in in my professional world than, than college sports. Um, it's amazing how, how quickly everything is changing over there. Uh, I mean, the amateurism – Era's certainly uh, gone, uh, but it's not professional. Um, it's not. It just isn't. Even though there's money involved, there always has been money involved. It just all the money used to go to donations to the mm-hmm. school. Yep. Now the kids are getting. It. Yeah, it's wild. It's uh, we've got a meeting next week where we're going to uh, some of the folks that I work with in the Star Tribune Sports Department will be digging into uh, the NIL movement, and and uh, so that's. Kind of a sneak preview on what's to come next year, but one of the yeah. I think one of the I think one of the better things we'll do in the first half of next year is kind of sink our teeth into NIL, mm. uh, a little bit of transfer portal stuff too. I mean, transferring has been around uh, for a long time. Now it's at warp speed. Uh, you know, daily, almost daily news about transferring, um, but NIL, of course, is uh, is um, relatively very new and quite difficult to understand. Yeah. It's very confusing as a fan to understand exactly. And I think I think that's probably front of mind for us. Is like if we accomplish nothing else besides let's just help Jason and Dan and everybody else get their head around what is going on. I yeah. think we'll have accomplished at least one of our goals. Chris Carr is the sports editor for the Star Tribune. When you think about NIL, I, I will say like I definitely had what now I've learned from the university people who work on this stuff is the wrong idea, but that with all the corporate headquarters here in the twin cities, that we might be well positioned to kind of raise money that kids would get, you know, influencer type deals or whatever. But the truth is like the real NIL money comes from Larry's furniture shack. Who's a hardcore lover of that university and has the ability to shell out the dough. It's not necessarily the three M's or the targets of the world. Yeah, that's our that's our general sense too. And again, one of the things that we want to do. No disrespect to Larry's house yeah, of furniture. I, let me know where that uh, which Larry's I would furniture be, shack is. I would be happy to pick do, up some new uh, do that endorsement deal. Yes, um, but yeah, I think um, you know none of us are coming into this as nil experts. None, right. none of the writers and editors that are going to work on this. Um, so even just getting an understanding of where the money comes from, why it's different in Minnesota than it is in, you know, Iowa City or Auburn, Alabama or mm, yeah. you know, Southern California. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Have you found more interest in the business of sports uh, as people have more access to kind of game recaps and, you know, that type of analysis everywhere? Yeah. I mean, um it's tough to separate sports and business uh, in in many ways. Uh, you think about the Timberwolves right now, and all the interesting things that are happening with that team and that and that franchise on the court 
Meanwhile, um, we know all kinds of different things are happening in, in the background with the ownership uh, change that's looming, right. what that might bring, what that might bring for the future of the Target Center, Arena Hopes. Uh, there's a lot happening on the Timberwolves uh, franchise business side that, um, I mean, you could, you know, we could assign that straight up to some, to a reporter, you know, in 2024 to, to take on. It could be a year long. It could heat, be, for it could sure. be. But that's just one example. Uh, but, but, you know, you're right on it. The, um, it's hard to find, uh, you know, of course we cover games, right? Right. Personality profiles, um, right. Columns. Uh, but there's, you know, there's layers and layers of business related angles uh, to pretty much every beat that we cover. Chris Carr is a sports editor at the Star Tribune. Do you, I mean, you're a Minnesota guy, you're a fan. How do, how do you separate that? I think we certainly see maybe uh, TV sports reporters get more grief about their over-the-top fandom, mm-hmm. whether you're wearing the team colors on the sideline or whatever. It's, it's a difficult balance as a former TV guy. Like you want, you're a journalist, but you're also a fan. You want your hometown teams to win. How how do, how does the paper sort of approach that? Uh, you know, I think every uh, sports department, sports editor, can handle this how he or she likes to. I would say uh, my personal approach, and I think a lot of my colleagues at the Star Tribune share it, is you pr- you pretty much retire your fandom while you're in this role. It's you know you move the jerseys to the back of the closet. You, you know, um, whatever you grew up rooting for, those things just aren't part of your, you know, your public professional life right now. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't root for the Minnesota teams the way that, the way that a, a fan does, that my next door neighbor does. You don't uh, go to a game. You don't take your family. Oh, no, take, we go, we go, yeah. but you're not going to find me like wearing a, you know, you're not Carl Anthony way. Edwards jersey <laughs> jumping up and down cheering. Like right. I don't cheer for teams. I don't root for teams the way the way that others do. Um, we say things in the in the newsroom like we root for good stories, and oftentimes that me, you know that means yeah. success. What do I want to watch the Timberwolves make it to the Western Conference Finals? That'd be so cool. Yeah. That would be so cool. Am I, you know, actively rooting for them at games? You know, no. It's, uh, you know, I've kind of put that side of, I, I grew up here, you know, 87, 91 Twins, Gophers football, Vikings. I was all over that as a kid, even into college. But, you know, as a, as the sports editor of the Star Tribune, I feel like I do my job better when I can set that stuff aside, retire it for now, and uh, and come at these things as the neutral observer that, that I think a lot of our reporters, I, you know, I know a lot of our reporters uh, take the same way. You yeah. know, they don't they don't root and cheer for these teams. They cheer for good stories. They look for good good stories to tell, good angles to tell. I wish you could get your columnist like Pat Ricey, maybe just to be you know a little more critical of of the Gophers. I think that would be helpful. A little more critical. I'll pass it on. <laughs> I'll pass it on. Uh, my conversations with Pat Ricey are one of my. Favorite part? Oh my gosh, the greatest storyteller of anyone I've ever talked. I let's just agree on that. Uh, Unbelievable. I I don't know if we're not going to make a list tonight or anything. No, let's just let's just say that. That's right. For now, I live uh, as of January third. Pat Royce has the crown so far. Best this year for sure. I don't need an editor. My gosh, this is what (laughs) happens when you have an editor. I've had a year and a half of no editor. It's amazing. Hey man, this is you know I'm I'm offended now. Not offended me. Chris Carr is the sports editor at the Star Tribune. We'll take a break. I want to talk about the sports person of the year that the Star Tribune picked. I thought it was a a surprising pick and a tremendous story. 
And so we'll talk about that when we come back. Jason Talks to the Media here on CCO. Jason Talks to the Media here on a Wednesday. Star Tribune sports editor, Chris Carr. Chris, one texture did point. I let it slide, but you said you you would not wear a Carl Anthony Edwards jersey. Did I say that? You did. Oh, my I, gosh. You didn't, you know. Wow. Better turn in your key card and I know. just hang I'll it just, up. I'll just hit the road now. I mean, you could have meant either one. Uh, yeah, I was combining them. just combine them, them into, yeah. Yeah. yes. People yeah. will sew the two jerseys together sometimes, <laughs> right? Like yeah. if, if Carl Anthony Edwards. How about the, that? The Timberwolves, you mentioned the business story. I am amazed. Like, the Timberwolves business operations for so many years had to sell an absolute abysmal product on the floor. And you're like, those guys, it must be just like absolute crazy time over there. It's uh, you're like, thank God we have something to sell. Right. Right. Um, they got a, they got a really fun thing to sell. Those, those are fun. Those are fun games to go to right now. It is yeah. really fun. Tucker Center's rocking. What is a typical day like for an editor? Because when you tell people you're the sports editor at the Star, Star Tribune, I, I suspect they expect the reality to be different from what your real reality is. Yeah, I spend the first part of my day uh, memorizing the Timberwolves ro- roster so I can get all the <laughs> names right. Uh, no, uh, it's you know I love the, this kind of crazy job I have. Uh, it's a people job. And uh, thankfully, we've got a uh, nice, strong, big staff at the Star Tribune. And there's, you know, the sports department is 30 people. Um, and uh, and that's what I focus my time on is, is uh, the people, making sure they're, they're, uh, they're doing, doing well, doing what they need to have, what they need to get the job done. Um, Do they pitch stories to yeah. you? Yep. Uh, the pitches kind of go back and forth. Uh, our writers, though, are um, – aggressive and ambitious with their ideas. Uh, we're, we're trying to decide between stories as opposed to, you know, the other way around where you're trying to, you know, uh, use a carrot or a stick to get, to, that's never fun is to get anybody to, to go after a story. So we're, we're deciding, we're making choices between good ideas many days, which is, uh, again, a privilege for sure. You selected your team selected as the sports person of the year, Jesse Diggins. Uh, America's best ever cross country skier. I loved it. Did you love it? I loved it. So good. Rachel Blount is such a good writer. Oh yeah, yeah. And the story at first, I'm like, Jesse Diggins. Like, yeah, she's amazing. But sports person of the year in the year that the Twins broke the mm-hmm. curse. Yep. Uh, I was a believer by like the fifth paragraph. And that's some of my. That's one of my favorite reactions. Is when somebody kind of picks it up and they're like, ah, oh, I thought maybe Royce, I thought maybe Royce Lewis or Anthony Edwards or you know, like uh, I got the name right that time, uh, <laughs> and uh, and they they pick it up with maybe some skepticism, but like halfway through, you're just hooked. Rachel Blount is the absolute champ at stories like that. I mean, especially on Jesse Diggins, and and Jesse. I mean, oh my gosh, come on. I, I mean, everyone, especially after you get done reading that story. You think about what she's uh, what she's accomplished as an athlete, uh, as a person, as a leader, as a spokesperson. Um, Fighting just, an eating disorder, absolutely. going yeah. public with yeah. some of those challenges, the ups, the downs. I mean, yeah, she's a special person. Uh, and we had a special writer on it, so it felt felt like a win to me. Is that is that what draws you to sports to tell those stories? Yes, yes, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Yes, I mean. Um, I think when I first started, I followed games and results and like, you know, playoff races and things like that. 
uh, as intensely as uh, as somebody can over the years. Um, I bet you two follow wins and losses probably better than I do. You, mm-hmm. You're probably a better sports fan than I am right now. <laughs> um, uh, telling these stories, uh, telling telling the stories that you can only read in the Star Tribune, uh, surprising people, writing memorable stories, uh, those just feel like uh, when we're at our best, that's what we're accomplishing. You can figure out the the wild score and the Timberwolves score yeah. and pick up yeah. these things in 15 different places. And, you know, ho- hopefully the wild gamer and the Timberwolves game story, you're going to like what you see in the Star Tribune. Um, on top of those things, I think it's an absolute must for us to surprise readers uh, with memorable, good, thought-provoking stories and columns um, every day. You talked earlier about hanging up your fandom, right, and not being a fan of teams necessarily so you can focus. But I, I found, too, and I don't know if this is your experience, that the more time you spend around teams and organizations, the more you start to understand how important the people either behind it or even the people that you are front-facing are just as human beings to how that whole thing fits together. And, where you know, I'll go to ball games all the time. I'm not so much rooting for the Twins. I'm rooting for this guy or that guy in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I just want to see individual people do well because you start to get to know what goes in to their everyday and how hard this stuff really is. And yeah, you know, you can be a fan and that's great. And so, you know, you want you, I mean, I'm sure the paper, you want to service the fans in, at all different levels, but it's, it's those layers deep that you get to go the more time that you spend around these things that I think makes it so, so special. Yep. Human beings, you know, the human beings, uh, the, the men and women in Minnesota sports are, are human beings, the general managers, the the media relations folks, the the starting point guards. Uh, yeah, you know they're humans, and you, you know, of course you want to see them do well. I agree. And in a polarized time, there is nothing like a successful sports run that brings people together. It's just reality. It is. It is Target Field uh, for those home game. Uh, yeah, for the home games this, oh. this year, that was so much fun. Uh, seeing just just you know rivers of people. Funneling toward Target Field, going on the walkway there, they had, they got some good luck with the weather, and it was yeah, yeah. those are that's just that's my, great. I love that. My fifteen year old and I were sitting there, and we were way in the little corner background of the picture that was on the front page. Oh of yeah, the Star Tribune. Yeah, that's great. kind of a cool yeah. cool thing. No, I'm with you. That the, the uh, sports brings people together. Absolutely. Chris, you were terrific. I know you were, you were like, what What do you want to talk to me about? No, and this was... We uh, could talk for hours. It's yeah. so interesting. And, and thank you for having me. This is, you know, it's a it's a cool thing you do when you invite somebody onto your show. It gives, you know, you invited me weeks ago. This happened to be the date that worked out. But, you know, you have these... So I've had a dozen or 20 moments or whatever since then where I got to think about, like, well, you know, what might be interesting to talk about? What do people want to hear about? So it's... You do a nice thing for people when you invite them onto their show. You give them these chances to go through these mental exercises, and I, I appreciate that. I'm sure I'm not alone. People that come onto your show get to do those healthy things, so good job. Awesome. Thank you. I'm not used to people saying nice things to me on this show, so it's very confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Chris Thanks Carr from the Star Tribune. The best thing to do is to subscribe. You know, go pick up the paper. If you like the stuff in the paper, you got to pay for the paper, so go get the paper. 432 Uh, We'll take a break and come back. I want to talk about the endorsement today from Minnesota's Tom Emmer. Boy, if someone punched you right in the face, would you then later propose to get married to that person? Because that's sort of what happened today with Tom Emmer when we come back. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Donald Trump single-handedly destroyed Tom Emmer's chance to be Speaker of the House. And then this morning, U.S. Congressman Tom Emmer, the whip of the Republican caucus, a member of leadership, along with the rest of the leadership, he kind of joined them all and joined the entire Republican delegation of Minnesota in endorsing Donald Trump. There is still a primary. There are other Republicans he could have endorsed. But the pressure of saying nothing when the rest of leadership had lined up behind the former president, apparently too much. I wanted uh, to get some insight from Chris Saliza, political analyst, who joins us from time to time here on CCO. Uh, So we visited with Chris. Chris, the headline to your story today says it all. It says how I feel about this. Another pathetic display by a Republican, quote unquote, leader. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like just from a human dignity standpoint, right? Sometimes in politics, they kind of sacrifice their dignity. And I think this is a case of Tom Emmer doing that. So, you know, it wasn't all that long ago. I went back and looked. I think it was October 24th that Tom Emmer from Minnesota was chosen by the House Republican Conference to be its speaker nominee. It was a Tuesday. Uh, An hour or so after that vote, that happened in the morning, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, at around noon or 1, Donald Trump put something out on Truth Social that says, you know, Tom Emmer is a Republican in name only. He votes more with Ilhan Omar than he does with me. I mean, that's obviously not true. But uh, And then, you know, by 4 o'clock, Tom Emmer drops out of the race. Well, he, he said he said basically he said Tom Emmer is uh, I don't know him well. He doesn't yep. respect the power of a Trump endorsement. He doesn't respect MAGA. He's out of touch with I, he 100 percent killed the Tom Emmer for speaker. Yeah. movement. Yeah, absolutely. Done. And, and, and look, I'm not sure Tom Emmer was going to ever get enough votes, but he definitely wasn't going to get enough votes after that Trump put that out. And by the way, Trump quoted, you know, I quoted this in the piece. uh, Politico quoted someone close to Trump saying that Trump told them, I killed him. I stopped it. So Trump claimed credit for it. You know, fast forward to today, Tom Emmer endorses Donald Trump for president. You know, we need to get rid of Joe Biden. Donald Trump represents our best chance to do so. I mean, I wrote this in the piece. Like, look, I'm not I'm not. Dumb. I understand why Tom Emmer is doing this, right? He was the last member of House Republican leadership who had not endorsed Donald Trump. Steve Scalise from Louisiana did it on Tuesday. You don't really want to be up on that island if you're Tom Emmer, particularly if you want to stay in leadership. It's just, to me, it kind of feels gross, right? I mean, this is a guy who took your one chance, probably, certainly your best chance currently in your political life, to be the Speaker of the House and totally submarined it publicly, questioned your conservative credentials, and here you are, you know, two months later, not even, you know, you're now 100% on board with him? Like, again, I get it. I get it politically. I just think it's gross from a 
sort of human behavior standpoint and what it says about the Republican Party. And, you know, sort of they're terrified of Donald Trump. Chris Saliza is with us. Uh, He writes on Substack. He's been a political analyst watching Washington for a long time. I've known Tom Emmer for a long time. I like Tom Emmer. We invited him on the show. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's taken positions and policy standpoints, especially on like the future of banking, looking at, you know, cryptocurrency area. Uh-huh. He, he has done a lot of things where you say, like, here's a guy who can sort of chart his own path. And yet to be relevant in the Republican Party today, you must kiss the Trump ring. Yes. It's so funny. I find myself. Doing put, when I'm writing stuff, I find myself so much using the construction you just used, making a lot of good points, and then saying, "And yet, here we are." And I think that's sort of the case. It's like, look, by all accounts, Tom Emmer has really um, uh, sort of, I think, done well by himself during his time in Washington. He got rave reviews leading the the campaign committee. I mean, there's a reason he's in leadership, right? I think people think he's like a credible, serious person. I give him credit for the fact that he didn't he voted to affirm, not overturn the 2020 election results when obviously that was not the majority position within the House Republican conference. But, yeah, like the idea that that is used as a strike against you. Oh, he voted to to uh, to certify the election results in an election in which there was no proof or anything close to it of wrongdoing or or or, yeah. or, or, or stolen election. That is actually something that hurts Tom Emma. In the modern Republican Party, and yeah, look to get to your main point. This this is less. It is when you think of the current Republican Party, it is less a group of like-minded individuals rallied around a set of policy. Excuse me, policy positions, and much more a cult of personality organized around a single person, Donald Trump. That's yeah. the way to understand it. That's how so everything are we, makes sense. Are we giving Tom Emmer too much credit by saying he's a this, he's a that, when really what he is is saying I'm I'm with Trump, the guy who's who's uh, you know how many indictments and. All of the baggage that comes with Donald Trump, he is yep. he's fully with Trump. So or do we I, give I, him I credit and say he's clearly like plugging his nose? I mean, this will the, right. the crazy thing about this, Chris, is this will never be enough to satisfy Donald Trump nope. or it the MAGA is. crowd. It's still nope. too late. You were forced into it. You're not you're still a rhino like I, he gets I don't see what upside he gets from this. I don't. You're totally right about that last point, which is it's never enough. There's never enough loyalty shown soon enough. Trump, if he wants to get well, he was the last member of the House Republican leadership to endorse me. You know, it's never going to be enough. His mind is made up about Tom Emmer and it's not in a positive way. So what I would say about Tom Emmer is I would distinguish between an able politician and a leader. So he is being a politician in endorsing Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the overwhelming frontrunner to be the nominee of the party. He's clearly the biggest force within the party. He is the prime mover. He is sort of the, the, uh, the sun around which all the other planets orbit. But from a leadership perspective, and I would put that separate, at least from the average politician these days, he's not showing any leadership. There's no way in hell Tom Emmer thinks Donald Trump is the Republican best able to represent conservative values 
in 2025 in the White House. There's just no way. I mean, I, it's, just, it's not from everything we know about Tom Emmer personally and from a policy perspective, there's zero chance that he thinks Donald Trump should be the standard bearer of the Republican Party. Uh, talking about stolen elections and talking about, you know, vengeance in 2025 and what everything they're going to do. Uh, and yet here we are. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is, you know, it's politician versus leader. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a lot harder to be a leader than it is to be a politician. And I think that's sort of what Tom Emmer is showing. Chris Saliza is with us. Is this that different from the way we've seen the Democratic Party clamp down on Dean Phillips and his effort to forge a different path? So it's different in this way. It, the person who... Whatever you think of Joe Biden, Joe Biden is not someone who tried to overturn a free and fair election using the powers of the presidency to do so. He is not someone who has spent the last three plus years talking about the um, how the election was stolen. He is not someone who incited a crowd on January 6th. Uh, you know, he is not someone who has faced his four indictments and 91 criminal charges. Right. Again, you can right. think Joe Biden was right. a bad president. I get that. I mean, you know, that's totally fine. But it's. It's not the same person you're endorsing. Yes, of course, the Democratic Party has gone out of its way to stamp stomp down on Dean Phillips to make it impossible for him to get any oxygen. Yeah, no question. And and has so the loyalty, campaign... that sort of undying loyalty, is certainly a part of both parties. But, Absolutely. But and as is pressure, by the way. I mean, yeah. there's no question the Biden campaign has pressured people in Minnesota and otherwise to get behind Biden and to, to leave Dean Phillips out on an island. There's no question about that. To me, it's who are you endorsing? Like, what are you what values are you throwing your your sort of uh, support behind? And for me, like Joe Biden and Donald Trump are different in kind in that regard, in the same way that I would say Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are different in kind. Look, you can make an argument about Ron DeSantis. Would he be a good president? Would he not be? Or Nikki Haley? But neither of them advocated to overturn a presidential election neither of them face four indictments you know what i mean like it's yeah, just yeah. not the same thing chris Liz is with us the the big picture uh, thought on my mind after uh, all of this today is the future of primary elections um it feels like there's a desire to go back to the 1920s where the party bosses pick who the nominee is going to be and mm-hmm. that's it What's even the point of all of these primaries and caucuses if here we are on January, the entire U.S. House Republican leadership has endorsed Donald Trump? What are we even doing? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I've had that thought for probably the last three national conventions I've traveled to. You know, I spend two weeks away from my family because conventions are back to back. And I think, what am I doing here? Hmm. Because there's no drama in the conventions, right? At one point, you know, there was. It was like, well, we're going to decide the nominee at the convention. I mean, that is so far from our current lived reality. Look, parties don't like unpredictability and they don't like chaos. That's definitely something that is true for both Democrats and Republicans. Um, I think... The get-in-line-ness for Republicans is even more uh, prevalent right now because Trump has shown a willingness to punish publicly mm-hmm. people who do not line up directly behind him. And I think it creates a, a culture of fear, and I think that's why you see everyone sort of suddenly say, oh, yeah, now I'm for him. Um, and, and so I think, again, 
a little bit different, but definitely something both parties do. And and I agree with you. It feels to me like we go through this whole thing. It's we're trying to create drama on the, the reality of the situation. I wrote a big piece yesterday about sort of where we are, you know, on January 2nd. Where are we? You know, it's very likely that Donald Trump is the the. Um, is the nominee for Republicans and Joe Biden is the nominee for Democrats. I mean, I think there's a 95% chance of that either way. Chris, thank you. We appreciate the time. You can read Chris at chrissaliza.substack.com or follow him on X or wherever uh, you get news. You can find him everywhere. Chris, we always appreciate having you on. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you for having me. In Brooklyn Park, it's 30 degrees here on CCO. Uh, we got CBS News coming up and then Laura Oaks. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on social media too. search Drive Time with DeRussia anywhere to find the podcast. Social media. It's DeRussia J on Instagram. WCCO Radio Instagram posts a lot of good stuff, including our first half hour where Chad Hartman and I had an on-air fight. A literal on-air fight. Verbal. Sorry. We did have cameras. We should have. We should have tossed some, tossed some hands. My money's on you. I'm bigger. I got that going for you. Plus, you'll fight dirty. 100%. 100% true. Uh, we will talk about January. January coming up as well. Stay right here. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 